With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Matt Neely, and you're listening to the Titans Film Room Podcast. Welcome into the Film Room. This is the Titans Film Radio Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Graver. With me, as always, James Esparza. James, you're good? I'm good. What's up, man? Oh, not much. It's been a little minute. Uh, we're going to talk about some stuff. Titans had a bye week. Uh, use that time to get healthy. We'll talk about who to root for this weekend. Talk about who and what and why and how the Titans rest of the season can, should, and might go. And then we'll discuss the Jags game, how the Titans are going to dominate this game, because they are. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. That's the intro. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. James at South Texas Titan. I'm at Titans Film Room. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them. Music City Miracles. And check us out at musiccitymiracles.com as well. Without further ado, let's play the intro. It just doesn't. You have to perform in this league each and every week. I don't. It doesn't matter what the what the numbers say, what the trends say. You have to go out there and you have to play. You have to play defense, special teams, um, and perform. All right. Welcome in. Welcome back. James and I had a little bye week ourselves while the Titans were on bye. James, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Got moved into my new apartment. It was a pain in the ass, but we got it done. Hey, that's nice. That's nice. Um, we're here on Thursday night. The Texans and Colts are playing right now. It's fourth quarter where I am. Uh, this will probably be out on Friday morning. Interesting, if the Texans win this game, which they're currently losing, that would be better for the Titans. So... I guess we're technically rooting for the for the Texans. James, your thoughts? I'm not rooting for either. I refuse to root oh, for the Texans. I shit. hate the Texans. I hate the Texans. I hate them. DeAndre Hopkins just caught a 40-yard touchdown. Well, he's on my fantasy team, so you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Look, I'm rooting more for my fantasy team than for the Titans in this game, honestly. If the Texans win, that's great. But I'm rooting for Jonathan... What's his name? Jonathan Williams? More than anything. Wow. It wasn't a 40-yard touchdown, but it was a touchdown. Nice long touchdown throw. 30-yard touchdown. Would you rather have Jacoby Brissett or Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson, no question. Okay, I'm just making sure. No question. Okay. If the Titans were to make a playoff run, a run for the playoffs here, some things to root for to help that happened besides Texans winning Texans just took a 2017 lead coming to you live Broncos beating the Bills would be nice the Bills are leading the wild card hunt right now if the Jets beat the Raiders that would be nice because the Titans are going to play the Raiders soon Raiders are competing for a wild card spot dark horse to win their division the Bengals could beat the Steelers that'd be cool the, the Steelers are still in it and they have a pretty soft schedule the rest of the way so that's pretty much the reason to root for the Bengals here of course, the Bengals haven't won a game yet this year, so seems like a long shot. 
And if the Dolphins beat the Browns, that'll help too. The Browns are one of the few teams the Titans will hold a head-to-head tiebreaker against uh, in the wild card race. And the Browns also have kind of a soft schedule towards the end of the season. So root for them to lose here and prove to be frauds with no Miles Garrett. If the Titans just win out, they don't have to worry about any of this. But honestly, <laughs> are the Titans going to win out? What are you thinking about the rest of this the rest of the season for the Titans? I feel like there's been a lot of raised expectations after the Chiefs game where the Titans came out with a win, sitting at five and five, one game back in the division. They'll be one and a half games back of somebody, depending on who wins this Texans Colts game now. But they're in a pretty good position. Will they actually do anything here with this good position? Or is this going to be five and five now? Are they just going to go three and three the rest of the way? What do you think? Look, man, every time I put my heart back out there, they step on it. Like, Great. I want to have hope. Yeah, sure. I'd love to go run the table, go 11-5, and five, and finish out the season. But, like, every time I get my hopes up and I'm like, okay, I got this. I, got, I finally got enough spit together to put my heart back together, you know, got the pieces all back. I put it back mm-hmm. out there, and then it's crushed again. That's and the cycle of the team. I know, and that's why I'm like, uh, I, don't get me wrong. I want to believe. I want to believe. I think we, I think we, we have a chance, but I'm not ready to say that, yes, we can. Right. I want to believe also. I, 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 like, I hope still. I'm never going to give up the hope, right? But in, from a realistic standpoint, I'm at the point where I would not be surprised if they came out this weekend against Jacksonville Completely flat, stupid penalties, shooting themselves in the foot, and just got down early and couldn't come back against the Jacksonville team and like weirdly don't run Henry as much as they should. Or like I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I, I just I wouldn't be surprised anymore. And I have been surprised in the past where I'm like, what are they doing? Why? What I don't understand. Like this time I'll just be like, All right, that's that's the team I root for. I expected it. So I mean, you know, like beating the Chiefs wasn't a huge surprise. I mean, not that it wasn't a big surprise, but there were a lot of us who, and I I didn't know if this was the year it was going to happen, but it felt like this is the game that the Titans come out and win when you don't expect, you know, so it's just part of the cycle. Is it it like an actual improvement towards building towards something where they can make a run towards the end of the season? That's what we're going to find out on Sunday and, and then in the next game against the Colts, so... Look, there's one thing know. different about this team that, I mean, yes, we lost to the Jags this first time this year, but maybe, just maybe, Tannehill can provide just enough for us to actually win. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say that's a knock on Marcus, but like, we've been winning with Tannehill. Uh, this offense has been scoring ten more points a game with Tannehill. This Jaguars defense doesn't have Jalen Ramsey anymore, so maybe, just maybe. It could work. But at the same time, Jalen Ramsey was the one missing all those tackles on Derrick Henry when he got the edge. So (laughs) maybe that goes badly in our favor as far as Henry. Yeah. I think Henry's going to be able to run over the Jags. Like all that stuff I just said about coming out flat and everything aside, I think that this is a game the Titans have a chance to really dominate in if they can get off on the right foot. I mean, in the last matchup, we all remember Adoree Jackson muffing a punt at the seven-yard line. That's going to be such a, a killer to to the way that this Titans team wants to play. They've been able to come from behind. Um, they did it against the Chiefs. Tannehill out there slinging it, throwing the ball 
in the Chiefs game, he was aggressive. His aggressiveness percentage was 33% of his throws. That means one-third, one in every three throws was to a receiver with one yard of separation or less. That's factoring in every single throw. It's not just downfield throws. It's like screens and everything. So that's a really high rate that you don't want to see um, because it's just hard to complete passes at that kind of rate unless you have the best quarterback in the league and the best contested receivers in the league, you know. So you hope that they can lean on Henry because they don't want to get behind early. They don't want to have those big self-inflicted mistakes where they only get to hand the ball off to Henry twice in the first half because they just have so many holding penalties every time they try to run it that they end up in third and long every time, you know. If they can avoid that crap, like hopefully they can use the bye week to clean up all that stuff. Then they have a real chance to come out and just completely dominate the Jaguars because they're the Jags run defense since Marcel Darius got hurt and even before that has been really bad. Jags are 30th in defensive DVOA against the run, according to Football Outsiders. So that's where I think that the Titans can exploit the Jags. That's where other teams have done it. And uh, the Jags have the same formula on the other side of the ball. So whoever can strike first is going to have an advantage in this matchup. So what do you think Nick Foles is going to do? Do you think he brings a different element to the Jaguars' offense? Well, that's the big, that's the biggest difference, right? There's a huge difference in this matchup from the last time these two teams played in Week Three on Thursday Night Football, which is that the Titans are now starting the planned backup quarterback for the from the beginning of the season, Ryan Tannehill, and the Jaguars are no longer starting their backup quarterback because their starter Nick Foles is healthy again. So. Last time we had Gardner Minshew against Marcus Mariota. Now we have Ryan Tannehill against Nick Foles. And I think the Titans upgrade is based on just 2019, not career. I think the Titans upgrade is a lot bigger than the Jags upgrade. And I think that's, they have an advantage. The Titans have a positional advantage in a lot of like, if you just look at it one-on-one matchups, I think Ryan Tannehill over Nick Foles, I would take Ryan Tannehill every day, right? So Nick Foles, I mean, he connected with DJ Chark um, for a nice touchdown last week, but his second touchdown pass came late in garbage time. Didn't really matter. Um, I don't know. I'm not really a big Nick Foles believer. I watched uh, the Jags Colts game from last week. I rewatched it um, from a critical angle and you, you can see Nick Foles locking onto his first read and missing open receivers, throwing into, into coverage because he's locked onto a guy. He doesn't deal with pressure. Great. So if they can get, they can beat the, Harold Landry, Cam Wake getting around the edge, Sharif Finch getting in on the act, Drell Casey's back, he should be healthy um, and ready to go in this game. I think that that's that's the way that they're going to be able to... I I mean, I'm not scared of Nick Foles, no. No, not at all, to answer your question. Nick Foles can make all the throws, but he's such a hot or cold, streaky player. I think things got to be really going right for him. I don't know that the Jags receivers outside of DJ Chark really offer all that much to help him out. So I think the Titans are going to lock up. I really think the Titans should lock up in this game. And like, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't and they completely let me down again. I will not be surprised. I'm not going to be, <laughs> I'm not bought in. But just from a critical standpoint, I really think the Titans should be able to just dominate, right? <laughs> yeah. um, we talked about the Texans, uh, and I'm sorry to kind of go off topic here, but I'm, I'm watching the game as we talk about this. But we talked about the Texans' um, run defense being kind of weak now with J.J. Watt being out, correct? Mm-hmm. 
And how would you? I think the Colts defense, run defense, is pretty solid, don't you think? Um, decent, yeah. So we have two games against the Texans, and we have the one game right now against the Jaguars. It is December as we are vastly approaching. And do you think that's a three solid games we should win? Or do you think the Texans matchup is just going to be outrageously difficult? The Texans are such a weird team because like overall, I don't think they have such a complete roster. It's just, it's like Watson to Hopkins. It's just like they make magic and Fuller's back and he's playing well tonight. Um, So it's tough to like predict whatever, what the Texans are going to do in a given week. Cause if, Watson is taking too many sacks and and not playing great, then um, then the whole Texans team kind of falters. But if Watson's out there dancing around and making magic happen, then it's tough to stop them. And I feel like it always happens against the Titans, where Watson's just out there making magic and we can't cover Hopkins. And um, for what it's worth, Indy has a twenty-three ranked run defense according to Football Outsiders DVOA. So Indy just does not have a great run defense either. By the way, okay, not as bad as Jacksonville, who's thirty. And Houston is surprisingly highly ranked, but it's like if you just look at their last few games and uh they're not they're not so hot. They have the 10th ranked run defense according to run DVOA. 25th pass defense. Anyway, yeah, you're, um that's going to be what the whole season comes down to though, is if the Titans can beat the Texans, right? <laughs> Cuz it's a it's possible that the season's already over by that point, but it's not possible that the Titans have clinched any kind of anything until they play the Texans. Yeah, because it's going to be the the final three games are going to be hell. It's going to be Texans, Saints, Texans. Yeah, and it's like and the Jesus. Saints, the Saints are beatable, by the way. Yeah, they are, but it's it's the Texan games. I'm really because it's almost back to back weeks. I know. It's just crazy. And if the Titans are in a situation where they need to win both games, that's not a good situation to be in because it's tough to beat a team twice in a season, let alone in a three-week span. Especially the Texans who have had our number the past few years. Especially since the Titans haven't won in Houston, especially. Especially, especially. I really want to go to that game, too. You should. Ooh, T.Y. with another almost catch, but no, not this time. Punch that. Anyway, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get more into this matchup, talk about um, what I think and what you think specifically needs to happen in order for the Titans to come away victorious, and talk about some key players we think can make an impact, as well as our final score predictions, all that coming up in a second. Quick break. We'll be right back. Another week, another challenge. Um, A really, really good front. Like, like a lot of teams in this league. So, you know, we, we saw that, uh, you know, with Jones last week and some of those guys that they have in there, Nadi last week. But now it's a new challenge with, with Campbell, um, you know, and, and, and some of those guys that they have in there. James, you heard Mike Vrabel just now talking about that defensive line, the nasty yeah. defensive line. Yeah. Jarrell Casey coming back. Jeffrey Simmons, final No, no, no. Not our defensive line. Clayus Campbell and co. Oh, no. They No, no. They're not nasty at all. No. You're not worried about this Jack D line? No, no, no. You know why? Because we got Derrick Henry. We had Derrick Henry in week three when Clayus Campbell had three sacks, four tackles for loss, and five QB hits. 
lining up mostly over Jameel Douglas, who will probably not be playing in this game. But is Nate Davis going to be handling Calais Campbell? Mm, no, but I think he can hold him long enough for Derek Henry to get around him. You have to. I mean, that's the whole. That's the only way. So, what do you think? What specifically needs to happen for the Titans to come away victorious in this game? Run the damn ball. <laughs> Commit to that run. It's probably going to be hard, but I mean, what division game isn't hard? But exactly. Run that ball that way in the fourth quarter. And if it's a close game, that defense is tired of tackling Henry. It's in Nashville, I believe. Correct? It's this at home. Game? Yeah, it's at home, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be, hopefully, it's cold. We don't know. We're not in Nashville. Uh, I think the forecast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I'd looked at the forecast. I think it's predicted to be cold. Anyway. Like, run the ball. Run the goddamn ball. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah, I'll echo that. I think if the Titans can really get Henry going, commit to the run in this game. He's run really well recently in the last few weeks. I mean, he had 182 yards against the Chiefs. This is where um, this is where the Titans have should have the biggest strength on weakness matchup here. As I mentioned already, Jags are 30th in the league in run defense DVOA. Titans are want to commit to running the ball. Of course, we've seen this before um, against the Panthers, namely, where we, they faced a team that had a, a poor run defense and they didn't have a chance to run, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. Too many penalties, too many self-inflicted wounds, uh, preventing them from being able to get the run game going. As long as they can avoid that stuff. That's the key here. I think another big thing here is to shut down the Jags running game. Like I said, the Jags have the exact same strategy on their side of the ball. Rely on the running back, get a comfortable lead, don't ask the quarterback to do too much, and and rely on your defense to get stops in obvious passing situations. And use your on the for the Jags, it's more about using their pass rush. The Titans is more about using their secondary to shut down the other team. The Jags do have a pretty ferocious defensive line. Not just Clayus Campbell, but Yannick Ngakwe has been um, a force on the outside. He's always given fits to the Titans. Um, Taylor Lewan and Ngakwe is always a great matchup, and Lewan can hold his own there for sure. Um, Ngakwe's famous move is the cross chop. Jack Conklin on the other side is going to have to be ready for that. going to have to be ready for the counter to that cross chop where Ngakwe comes back inside. And then on the other side of the field, rookie Josh Allen out of Kentucky has been um, productive this year. He had a sack against the Colts, and uh, I think he may have forced a fumble too. This is a guy that you, you, you can't chip and double on both sides unless you are really limiting your passing game. Um, so again, can't fall behind early. Got to be able to rely on the run game. Keep yourself in, in third and shorts and, and out of third downs altogether. And I think it's that kind of game where Henry will be out there and he'll carry the ball in the first half and he'll be averaging like two or three yards a carry in the first half and it'll be a close game. And then in the second half, he really just starts ripping them off six yards, eight yards, 12 yards, and that's when the Titans will start to pull away. Like the Colts won this game by the last week by 20 points, and uh, they were only led by three at halftime. Same kind of formula, I think, for the Titans. Yeah, and the Ryan Tannehill fumbles, I hope they worked on that during the uh, bye week. That's true. That's that's one area that's, that's um, concerning, obviously, is Ryan Tannehill's been uh, a little fumble-prone. And against a pass rush like this with uh, Ngakwe, who's always 
trying to get that strip sack could be a could be an interesting game here. It's not an easy win. There's no easy wins in the NFL. Nope. Jags aren't playing well lately, but something that's interesting, Leonard Fournette, the last couple of weeks, has totaled into the last two games, 19 carries for 63 yards. Jags got down in both of these games. They were only down three at halftime to the um, to the Colts, but they started just to abandon the run. Nick Foles attempted 47 passes, um, and they really just let the game get away from them. That was kind of what uh, John DeFilippo's, John DeFilippo, Philip, De Filippo. John De Filippo's. Um, that was his like big the big criticism about him when he was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota for the first half of last season before he got fired was not letting Dalvin Cook be the engine of the offense and asking Kirk Cousins to do too much. Now he's got reunited with Nick Foles, who they won a Super Bowl together in in Philadelphia, and um, here he is throwing the ball forty seven times. If the Titans can get Nick Foles throwing the ball 47 times, shutting down Leonard Fournette. Fournette had eight carries for 23 yards last week. That's the kind of that's the formula for the Titans to get a win here. And lastly, I think take advantage of the one-on-one matchups because um, this is something we saw the last time the Jags played the Titans was AJ Bouye lined up one-on-one on AJ Brown, and uh, we saw Mariota trying to get the ball to AJ Brown in those situations, and Brown was um, not really winning as many of those one-on-one matchups as you'd like to see happen, and. Um, they didn't really even give Corey Davis many chances in that game. Um, so I want to see the Titans get their wide receivers involved when you have one-on-one matchups on the outside because the defense is so committed to stopping the run. When you see teams running that single high man uh, man coverage with one safety, one deep free safety, that's usually the, the defense you run when you are trying to shut down the run and you're not that scared of the pass. You're not that scared of the other team's receivers beating your corners or the passing game in general beating you. And that's the defense that the Titans face a lot because they're obviously so committed to the run game. So the Chiefs were doing it a lot last week, even in the fourth quarter, putting their corners on islands outside against the Titans. And um, it wasn't really until the last drive. I mean, Henry was dominant, so the Titans didn't need to go to those receivers. But Humphreys caught a pass on that last drive. A.J. Brown only had one catch for 17 yards. The other big play was to a tight end, um, Ferkser, and Ferkser caught the touch- another touchdown as well. So... You're just seeing a lot of uh, the Titans not really involving their receivers as much as I would like to see. That's my only real complaint still with the offense, the way that it's been run with Tannehill. Man, I'm still kind of like I'm kind of worried about this game. <laughs> uh, I feel like the Jags are just going to hit us in the mouth. That's the cycle. But usually the Titans come out of the bye week hot. Yeah, bye so week helps really, for sure. It kind of goes either way, so I'm like being torn in half just thinking about it. But, yeah, it's not something you can take lightly. But if they if they're focused, then that's when I think they should be able to, to get the win. I, and hopefully, the bye week focuses them and the the setup with the five and five and the division in reach and all that. I think, despite the turnover issues as far as the fumbles go, uh, Tannehill has offered us some consistency. So I'm really hoping for a good game. And Perfect think, in the red zone. That's consistency. Uh, yeah, so I really think we have a good chance. I'm just terrified. That's the way it is. That's the life of a Titans fan. One thing that should make things easier is the return of injured players. So we got the uh, Thursday injury report here. I'll just read it really quickly. Jayon Brown, Jarrell Casey, Corey Davis, all returned as full participants to practice both Wednesday and Thursday. 
Delaney Walker returned to practice as a limited participant Wednesday and Thursday. We'll monitor that on Friday. Hopefully he's kind of ramping up for that limited, limited full on Friday, and maybe we'll see him back in this game, even if it's on a, a pitch count. Not that we really honestly have missed Delaney Walker that much, but I do wonder what he could be adding if with uh, the way Johnny Smith's been playing him and Johnny out there together. So we'll monitor Delaney's status. And then Chris Milton, who didn't practice on Wednesday, returned to um, a limited participation on, on Thursday. For the Jags, they had DJ Chark, Chris Conley, DJ Hayden all limited on Wednesday, and they all full practiced on Thursday. So expecting all those guys to play. Their center, Brandon Linder, um, was limited the last couple of days, so we'll monitor that on Friday. And same with Clayus Campbell, but that's likely just uh, mid-season, late-season maintenance stuff. And um, D.D. Westbrook mispracticed Thursday with an illness, so we'll have to monitor his status too. But with an illness like that, he, he may be better by Sunday. We'll find out. So both teams relatively healthy. Um, Jags are missing a few tight ends on the uh, injured reserve, but both teams relatively healthy. Obviously, Malcolm Butler not being in this game is going to hurt the Titans secondary, but I don't know. I'm not Again, I'm not too worried about the Jags receivers. DJ Chark's been playing very well, but outside of him, D.D. Westbrook is, I mean, who are you worried about, you know? Uh, well, actually, it's not who I'm worried about. It's who I'm excited that's back is uh, Jayon Brown and Jarrell Casey. That's right. um, I think Jayon being back is going to be a real good improvement to the middle of that defense. And then you have... Jarrell Casey, uh, which will help with Jeffrey Simmons conditioning because he doesn't have to be in there every snap. So hopefully that's going to help with our pass rush and getting Nick Foles off his back foot. Um, I'm actually kind of in between on Delaney Walker. I know that sounds crazy, but I think Johnny Smith's been doing really well, and uh, I hope he gets to continues to get an expanded role even with Delaney coming back. Um I really just kind of want to see Delaney more in the blocking game um, because that's where I think we need help right now. I think Johnny has been really like doing really well with the ball in his hands. So I want to see more Johnny than I do Delaney if it's coming to the passing game, even though I know Delaney does really well. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of recency bias too, I think. It's been a little oh, bit. Oh, for sure. Delaney, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And he is getting up there in years, but I still think, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to be – they're not gonna. He's not gonna be out there if he can't be contributed a contributor. You know. Um, I'm kind of worried about Chark. Uh, who do you think we're gonna put Ryan or Jackson on? I think that it's one of those games where you match up with a lot of zone coverage and force Nick Foles to read your defense. Try to fool Nick Foles um, more so than trying to to body up the receiver. I think Adore Jackson matches up best. Um, Chark's a four three, sub four four in the four three range guy, so he's got that speed. Jackson's probably the fastest player on defense that has a chance at matching up with him. So when you can, when you're in man situations, uh, you'd want to see Jackson on him. You really don't want to see LaShawn Sims on him, who I think would be subject to being burned deep because Sims isn't a great athlete. He's a, he's a physical player. He's a technical player, but he's not a great athlete. And um, unless Chark's lining up in the slot a lot, I don't think you'll see as much of uh, Logan Ryan on him. So Jackson's the guy. But again, it's going to be a big group effort. Kevin Byard over the top, not, let, not letting him get behind you. That's a big deal. And taking the right angles when he catches the ball over the middle because he runs those posts, those slant routes. Nick Bulls hits him on those slant routes, and he takes it to the house um, when the uh, defense takes a bad angle because they underestimate his speed. Yeah. Uh, do you think we'll see three safety packages with Kenny Vaccaro, Marnie Hooker, and Kevin Byard? 
Oh yeah, and they've been mixing those in all season. I think we'll see more of that for sure. Um, it's kind of what part of what they do now on defense. With Jayon back, though, it may um, be less necessary, especially if they are trying to go heavy because the, the Jags are so reliant on the run game. But, um, and I think this is one of those games where, like I said, Fournette had 19 carries the last two weeks combined. That's kind of the thing where the the Jags are going to sit there in house and go, "Look at this. This isn't right. We got to fix this." Could be a game where they just like force feed Fournette, Fournette, excuse me. Should be like, Fournette. You've, been some, you've been throwing some French it on it. Should be Fournette though. I mean, LSU, Louisiana, Baton Rouge, French Quarter. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's how you say these things, okay? Pierre Garçon, Lacroix, Lacroix. Someone's been using their Rosetta Stone. <laughs> anyway, Leonard Fournette, whatever, whatever this guy. I'm not a huge fan of Leonard Fournette, but um, I do think it's a type of game where the Jags are going to like overcorrect and just force feed him, and then Titans will be ready for that. Honestly, so I don't know. He doesn't scare me. Adoree Jackson has always been. I've always laughed at how well Adoree Jackson tackled Fournette and how poorly Jalen Ramsey tackled Derrick Henry, but I guess. That's the other big difference. We talked about what's different in this game around, and you mentioned it a little bit up top, but Jalen Ramsey was traded after six games, so that's pretty big for the Jags secondary. And see them learning a lot more zone. I've seen them go um, into man-to-man on third downs, but a lot more zone in general. And there's something interesting about the Jags' defense. I read an article today on Big Cat Country. Credit the writer, Demetrius Harvey, at Demetrius82 on Twitter who um, was quoting uh, Jags defensive coordinator Todd Wash um, about the Jags system, which he calls an attack front, which means that their defensive linemen aren't trying to absorb blocks and free up their linebackers to pursue downhill. They're more asking their defensive linemen to defeat one-on-one blocks and make tackles and make stops in the run game at the line of scrimmage. Um, And the reason for this is to prevent their linebackers from taking false steps forward on play action pass plays and getting beat over the middle for big plays. So it's an interesting thing because what they're, they're saying, we'll, we'll let you guys run um, because we don't want you to pass over the top for bigger gains for bigger chunk plays. So the Titans who are a big play action team need to not fall into the trap of trying to run too much play action against a system that is designed to try to do its best to not be beat by play action. Obviously, player error. It's not like play action doesn't ever work against the Jaguars. But um, that's just an interesting thing about how they run their defense and how you you rely on the running game to try to take advantage. And the, the, the Titans don't have the best offensive line. Um, but you do hope that Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin in the run game and Nate Davis has been making some good blocks in the run game as well. And Ben Jones is solid, if not if, if he, he's not spectacular, but he's solid. So... This group's been starting to gel a lot more lately. Obviously, a big game against the Chiefs. Hopefully, they can they can be winning those one-on-one matchups. That'll free Henry up for those chunk runs. Yeah. And I think if they're asking their defensive linemen and keeping their linebackers back, that could give Henry a nice little start. Um, the only thing we really have to worry about is our offensive linemen holding their actual blocks. And, when and not holding. Up. Yeah, not holding. Or uh, like... Uh, <sighs> I know he's messing up, getting those hands to the face, but come on, man. Lawan's 6'7". Like, a lot of these 
defensive ends and linemen that are a little bit shorter, and they're getting under him, and he just he's so upright with his blocking. I mean, it's going to happen sometimes. Granted, yeah. there, there was a stretch where he just wasn't having it, and he was doing great, but I mean... I, I posted a, tw- a clip on Twitter from, from the Chiefs game. Luan, there was about... I think there was 50 actual reps, and some of those had penalties, so the snap counts a little off, but 50 reps, and outside of the penalties... The holding penalty was a little iffy, by the way. Outside of the penalties, Lawan was solid, rock solid. I would say he got beat on maybe one or two snaps, depending on how much you classify getting beat. Like it's not like his man made the play, but right. maybe he forced Tannehill to get rid of the ball a little sooner. But that's a pretty good game. I mean, and we've talked about this on our, our show before, but for an offensive lineman, if you get beat on like four reps, like if you give up four sacks in a game, that's a horrible game. You could be dominant on 50 snaps. And if you give up four bad ones, like that's what people will remember. And that's what we'll talk about. So yeah. it's tough. That's a tough position, but Hey, that's what the job asked for. Yeah, and that's, that's why he's a, getting paid second, for. Yeah. That's why he's the second highest paid tackle in the league. So All anything right. else? Any, any uh, Score predict? Yeah, I was going to ask you. You do it first. I'm too much pressure. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, I'm predicting two Derrick Henry touchdowns. Uh, and I'm going to say 21 to 14. How many missed field goals? Two. Not by suck up, by the whole game. Two. Two, okay. Okay. I will say that... I'm just going to, I mean, whatever, let's go for it. Titans clean their, clean their act up. They don't have a bunch of dumb penalties. They come out, they impose their will. Derrick Henry runs for 150 yards and they win 27 to 17. There it is. There it is. Let's do it. All right. Till next time though. Don't forget to go to wherever you listen to your podcast. Search Music City Miracles. That's where you'll find our show as well as MCM Radio with Jimmy and Terry. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a little review. Give us a rating. Five stars. We're always looking for those five stars, if you don't mind. Handing them out. We know they're not free, but we'll, we'll take anything you got, as long as it's five stars. And uh, be sure to follow James on Twitter, at South Texas Titan. Follow me, at Titans Film Room, so you can check out all my twitter feuds and all my fun things that if you missed it we had some fun this week and i apologize if i went overboard but that's part of it that's what we do we're all we're all fans of the same team and we try to get along i just want everyone to love each other and the way i feel about it is if you have something that you feel you don't want to see in your timeline anymore just hit the block button hit the mute button move on and That's how I feel like I need to be going forward. Anyway, that's it. I'm going to leave it at that. Follow James. Just follow follow James. I'm I'm hilarious, so follow me. James is always there to lighten the mood, and I love it. I love you, James. Thank you so much for your your humor, helping to break up those tense moments on Twitter. Ain't no drama here. (laughs) And that'll do it. So we'll come back to you guys after the game, either Sunday night, Monday night, one of those nights. It's happening. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Yeah. Love you.